Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So, it's a debate as old as the holy trinity of Tulsi, Prerna and Parvati. Are Indian TV dramas regressive or is that critique itself elitist? And here to unpack this question, we have with us Gul Khan, an Indian TV writer, director and producer known for iconic Hindi TV shows like Kabool Hai and Is Pyar Ko Kya Naam Do. Thank you so much for being here with us, Gul. And to start off with, let's have all of us weighing in on the main question. Indian TV dramas, regressive or empowering? Yes or no, where do we stand on this question? This is Shishti, your host, by the way. Hi, this is Gul here. I think uh, I think the answer to your question would be yes and no. That's the academic's go-to response. So Gul has gone with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Rohita. And I don't know if I would say yes and no. I think my answer is like neither yes nor no. <laughs> because <laughs> like putting it in the paradigm of like empowering versus regressive, I think um, takes away from like how people also engage with this. It's not as straightforward as does this narrative empower people versus does it influence them to behave in certain regressive ways. Like, I don't think it's that straightforward. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, to that question, you know, to come close to the title of your show, I would really disagree. Yeah, because I don't think that has been, I think you must have seen me when I engage with the people on the forums also when people write a lot about TV and TV shows. So it is not that I'm vehemently saying, no, they all shows are amazing. And, you know, some of them are really weird and really funny. But uh, I feel that people don't go deeper, don't understand the dynamics of television, don't understand why those shows are being made, really do not study the impact of where it is reaching and have absolutely no idea of the reach of television. And I really feel that the term women empowerment is used pretty vaguely and thrown around very casually, whereas TV has proven is one thing that has proven that it does not take it casually absolutely i think that's a great note to start the discussion on and on that note let me throw the first argument that is often thrown around (laughs) right at both of you which is that the golden age of television is over slash ekta kapoor destroyed television um what is your take on this i okay so i don't know specifically about ekta kapoor um but i do think that um Indian soap operas in general, they haven't destroyed television, but they were hugely influential in in certain ways that um, like are good and bad both. Like the good things that I see is that they they form like a like a social glue for many people where people come together like um, and especially like I've seen my grandparents watch this and have a conversation about the plot of what's going on where otherwise they would not like really talk to each other but then I would also see like younger cousins and all of that emulate things that are going on emulate domesticity and the idea of a good homely wife um, especially the the dichotomy that's often presented in these shows between the homely domestic uh, wife versus the evil vamp and all of that and it's not very often that people like figures like Komolika for example are reclaimed as iconic figures that's like a much later development but for the people who are immediately engaging with it it's like you're almost 
trained to emulate good behavior because it is a model of uh, behavior. So I think that's where I stand. It's it's complicated. Yeah. So uh, you know that that kind of has uh, has two different answers. One is we are talking about how TV is influencing us, and B we are talking about the content of the entertainment that we are doing. Okay. Let me answer with the first one. I feel um, that. you know i come from a small town and i know a lot of other producers who are my friends and uh, the good thing is most of them are women in terms of writing we all come from small towns we all come from really conservative families and we come and we kind of project the issues that we have lived all our life and i feel i mean no personal offense to anybody who's watching tv i feel the perception of certain people who are urban and of a certain segment of a society they see it with a different perception that you know they are you are only talking about domesticity whereas the questions i'm not see the that's why i said it's yes and no both it yes it has not gone beyond a certain representation yes we have not had like a ceo as a main lead or we have not had a pilot as a main lead in some of the shows but there are so many other deeper issues which are so much more heavier i have thought about anupama on the, uh, instagram forums so many times because people just see rupali the girl who is playing anupama and they say right trash about it okay the cow is crying again she is saying this again she is crying for her husband but go beyond that what are you watching you are there's a housewife in one episode who she bought sport shoes for herself there is no money to buy shoes the woman never you know middle class prioritizes herself and she decides to go for a walk in the morning that when i i am going to not make breakfast i'm going to make breakfast 20 minutes late but i will walk because i'm not feeling well i'm putting on weight we are well, there are so many issues that tv is tackling and tv is reaching you know how many people watch tv 800 million people that's insane yeah. reach like insane reach i mean if you just count them as a country it will probably be one of the th- third largest country in the world so the point is that yes we are not going beyond domesticity yes but within the domesticity we are the tv is doing like i don't have the kind of issues that we have to tackle we have no idea gola i think it's it's an enlightening perspective and as a creator and like to understand exact you know the small ways of change and actually understanding the nuances of characters and storylines and what they're showing rather than like a broad dismissal of things mm. but i do wonder gold that do you feel that there is a difference between even within narratives at the same time between something which is more progressive versus something that is not right there's also an argument that's often made that like earlier you had dd shows like tara you had a show like tara back in the 80s which had like a working woman as the lead you had sas you had gharik mandir you had bunyad hum log you know narratives which also centered women in different ways but the argument is that after um, you know ekta kapoor's shows became popular in a big way some of those narrative narrative sort of went away and i know that it's also because the audience expanded right and post liberalization it's not just catering to an elite middle class dd hmm. watching audience but it goes beyond that but yes. i do wonder for instance you know when you have something like a kyuki saas bhi kabhi bahuti and the idea of somebody like tulsi you know or even parvati in kahani ghar ghar ki and and the weight of that idea 
Yeah, you're absolutely right on that, Shrishti. And uh, in fact, I have myself struggled with that because ever since I have been uh, wanting to come and work over here, I have struggled because if you see my work, I I have really not done any Satrahu show, not even one. Yeah. And uh, I have pretty much had uh, girls who... I have had this problem that my heroines have never been, you know, there's something called character India loves because they love, love the, all the points that you're saying, forever sacrificing, keeping yourself second, always living for other people, not being ambitious. So since my girls have never been that, I have always had this problem of why are my heroines never coming? <laughs> you know, character India loves at number one. And I have pretty much been okay with that i have accepted the theek hai i cannot do that uh, character who is you know totally ready to give up her life exactly fit into the mold of the perfect daughter and the perfect bahu i just couldn't write that character so then i'm saying ke you know it was not that um, i did not get space to do different kind of stuff and my stuff thankfully thank god has been popular in in a different way they have not been like you said those mass hits like whatever but people the youngsters especially online have latched on to like a zoya or anika kubul hai nishbaz and khushi yeah absolutely hearing uh, what you're saying gul and um, the small ways in which t- indian tv is changing the landscape um, really enlightening perspective but also um, just to add on to shishi's question there's also the fact that there are these sas bahu um serials whether we like it or not that have become behemoths of their own um they have taken on a cultural life of their own and even if we look at some real life incidents that happened for example when riya chakrabarty was being vilified in the news the news channels they accused her of uh, casting black magic on sushant singh rajput and the visuals and the the language and the exaggerated hyperbole that all felt very reminiscent of many serials that we've seen growing up where the chudel figure uh, is similarly accused of like casting a spell on men and so on so i i mean when these shows are so popular and they have such a lasting impact on how we like even media criticism and uh, how we perceive events that take place in pop culture then how do we get around the fact that that is, that also is a reality like while i completely acknowledge and agree your point about how it's changing things in the little ways and improving attitudes there's also this macro level impact yes uh, you're totally right there is an impact and i myself you like you know i many of those shows i feel like you know why are we doing like you know what is this why is this bahu behaving like this why is this stuff behaving like this so of course and it is it actually boils down somewhere to uh, the egg and the chicken effect right it's like ke uh, are we going to say that if daily soap is not there people would not behave like this or people are behaving like this because daily soaps are there honestly news channels have become worse than daily soaps these days i mean it is beyond words <laughs> i mean sometimes we feel that we should you know life is stranger than fiction oh my god news is stranger than fiction these days i agree that news is what stranger than fiction and and i do wonder like how much of it is an impact of 
TV shows versus the way in which news television is being made, you know, like they're creating histrionics of their own and adding masala of their own and adding to narratives which which already exist to a huge extent in like rural and urban India. And I think that's always there with pop culture, right? Like, is the trope of the churel more common within your own yeah. circles and within your families? And within how often will you hear that word? Like she's cast a spell on him. Yeah. Very, you know, so I wonder how much of it can be put, put, put on television, but how much of it is actually popular culture in the sense of not what's on screen, but what's in our lives. Yeah. I feel the, you know, and, and I'm not completely going to whitewash television like that. I agree with Roetna and I agree with you. TV does have a huge influence yeah. because we are what we consume by the end of the day. But I also feel it is so embedded uh, in us. The You know, because you don't just see it in TV. You see the kind of comments we get online. If you put a picture, if an actor puts a picture or something, you see the the attitude towards women in general is the moral policing the sexism you know that was all that was all coming together when riha thing was happening yeah but i agree that yes in tv tv adds to a lot of that and we we should and trust me there is so much of deliberation on that in a lot of tv writers and producers and trying to break that and there are people who are trying to break that in so many ways and they they are some ridiculous stuff that goes on air but there's also a lot of people who identify themselves as part of the problem and they want to do you know be part of the solution and i even i struggle hard for that i mean i don't struggle hard about what i should do i know what i should do but i struggle hard in making what i am doing uh, more successful because it's so much easier to reject you know, it's so much easier to reject a heroine that I make who says that I'm not uh, religious. I, I don't have, I'm not going to take my husband's name after marriage. I don't know how to cook. I'm going to have two jobs after marriage. So you better, you know, you also help. It's not, people just don't accept it. They just don't accept it. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying Shishri, by the end of it, I have gone through that trauma and I've gone through that dilemma that you dis- that, that I say, oh my God, nobody understands that kind of story that I want yeah. to make and I will not make and I'll just sit at home or I will find a way to reach till their living room and then I will wait in their living room for 100 days and then say something and reach their heart. Absolutely. I think that's so well put. And actually, I think Gul, on that note, there's a very important aspect of this conversation, which we specifically wanted your insights as like, um, a producer and a creator on, right? Like, which is, you spoke early on about this misconception of what the art of television is and of television as a medium in general. Can you tell us a little bit more about what do you mean by that and how do you see the art of television in India? Like what is it and what are the kind of pushbacks that you get, right? Because there's always this race for the highest TRPs. But then I think recently we saw with, um, uh, you know, a couple of years ago with uh, Republic TV and the conversations around how the way that TRPs themselves are collected are a bit flawed and whether the TRP system itself is a bit you know flawed and questionable (laughs) so I'm just wondering how and how do you balance out this question of and I'm sure like you're saying that when you would have started out doing your shows you would have gotten questions about these are not for the masses or this is not like the archetypal heroine till your show climbs the charts and is number eight number six I remember even following the numbers for the shows (laughs) and uh, you know then then you kind of answer back with narratives um so just just wondering I know that's like four five questions in one but yeah 
No, to answer your first question that how construction of television storytelling is different. Firstly, it is so grueling to begin with, you know, to survive here as a, as a director, as a writer, as a producer, you know, it is so grueling. It's six, seven days a week. You you have to be dedicated to your your work physically and mentally, which itself counts out a lot of people, a lot of people, because, you know, the work culture is grueling. And the kind of story narrative that you have to do because of the economics of it, you get only mostly one location. So you have to make sure that your narrative is stuck in that one location. Trust me, sometimes you need a genius to do that. I mean, I always look at the TV writers and now that I'm exploring OTT, sometimes I like, you know, I, I, I want my TV writers because of that work ethic and that work. It's so grueling. And you have to innovate. Otherwise, you will not survive. The other thing that I personally find amazing about TV is it is absolutely cleanly merit-based. Had it not been TV, you know, a lot of us would not be producers. A lot of us would not be directors because, you know, in other industries, it is all about being somebody, knowing somebody. Television, you can, you know, you see all the actors, you see all the directors, you see all the producers. They would probably hop onto a train from Jabalpur yesterday, come do a show. If the show is rating, they have a job. You know, it is so merit-based. It is so merit-based for anybody. This is the one industry where your background, your education, your name, your, you know, descendants don't matter. If you are good and if you're performing, you have the job. And Gul, I'm just curious, like, it's it's very interesting that you say, like, what do you think makes it this way in television versus not this way in um, you know, Bollywood or even law or even a lot of professions where like, you know, nepotism de- determines your access to, uh, you know, success in that profession. I'm just wondering because like, isn't the instinct again natural for to want like your children and your to join the entertainment business? And again, because everybody wants to make shows and everybody wants to make movies. I'm, I'm just wondering, like just out of curiosity, what makes it different and what makes this a more welcoming and merit-based space? You see, that I think I have also thought about it a couple of times, but I think one is the uh, working conditions. I think very few can survive it. Like I could call my sister and say that, oh, you should become a producer. But I don't know how many of them can actually do that. Even in terms of story writing, you know, I mean, I mean I'm looking forward to doing movies myself, but writing a film script in four years and writing 30 episodes in one month. <laughs> yeah. and 300 episodes in a year so by the time you finish writing one film that's 300 into 4, four so that's 12,000 episodes yeah. so you can see yeah. the difference right there is a certain element of grueling physical work that has to be given in TV that is one thing and the other thing I feel that um, I always feel that, that the media coverage for television is not that good and we do not perceive it as respectable. We do not promote it as respectable. We just don't care that it is there. Whereas in films that, you know, I always say this, that uh, earlier if there would a film that would cross 100 crores, say I'm talking about 8 years, 10 years yeah. ago, right? And they would the media would go frantically that it's a 100 crore, 100 crore film, 100 crore. And I'm like, okay, dude, <laughs> like I live in Andheri. There are eight producers who are yeah. who have just crossed 1,000 crores. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm talking Actually, about like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 
Actually, Gul, it's so interesting. I feel like you're getting to my arguments and questions on your own only. I guess we've been thinking about the same <laughs> things. But I, I did have this question about, do you feel like a lot of the criticism slash lack of understanding of television comes from the fact that, especially, let's say, mainstream uh, English news and culture sites, like the people who occupy those spaces see TV as cringe. I, and I also feel the same way about Bollywood. Versus, like now there is a thing of reclaiming Bollywood to a huge extent. But I think when something is like there are white yeah. people in the shows or it's like Western narratives, we automatically say that it's more progressive. <laughs> like the tendency to view regressiveness in our own culture is much more than to see it when it's from the outside, right? Like Quentin Tarantino ke films may be flaws, hai, but like, <laughs> but he's a god for you. <laughs> but you're not looking at, I mean, do you think that that comes from who yeah. is in the media spaces and who is consuming the culture and and who is determining you know what how you write about culture? I mean, just just wondering. Yeah, totally, totally. I think uh, like we discussed earlier, there's a there's an elitist sense over there, and uh, you know people really. I mean, it is absolutely so fashionable to look down upon TV and it is not since now. Like I come from a film school. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It's uh, Jamia, Mass Communication Research Center that's in Delhi. And I am the only one who kind of wanted to do TV. And uh, all my friends are doing news and they're doing great and they're all reporters and they're you know, doing amazing stuff. But I'm saying the whole, even in that class, it was like, you know, TV is so shitty. Who wants to go to Bombay and do TV? If you come to Bombay, you, you know, make a film. But TV, no TV. Like, you TV. So, you know, and that, I feel that still exists. And on the social media, it is kind of compounded. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. I keep seeing this meme of Piku, uh, this, uh, this snippet of Piku where... Uh, Deepika Padukone is telling Irfan Khan that, you know, if anybody who has to marry me has to uh, be yeah. able, you know, I want to take care of my parents. Okay, now that thing, at <laughs> least 18 heroines have said in television. And for as recently as Anupama has fought with her husband that I have to take care of my unwell mother and I will not cook breakfast for you because I have to take care of my widowed mother. But see, that goes untalked, unnoticed, nobody, there is watch Anupama and again she's crying in her sari. You know, that's what they will say. So, and there are million things like that. Like, I always quote this show, this is one of my friend's show, her name is Shashi, she's a great writer. She used to make this show called Diyar Bati, where the girl wanted yeah. to be a cop. So, uh, in one of the meetings, Taplas was uh, sharing data with us and they said, while that show was on air, the number of women who wanted to enroll to become a cop went up. Okay, now, that is phenomenal. I, I mean, we can't even, I don't even have words how to put that into coherent words that how big that is. But you'll never see anybody covering it or talking about it. You know, as long as, unless a film actor or a film person doesn't say that, it's not progressive. No matter how progressive TV can be. But if we do one, uh, you know, and there are a lot of cringe-worthy <laughs> stuff out there. I'm not saying that. Like we'll do rolling in saris and falling down from the floor and becoming a plane and all that. Yeah. But then that will circulate. So I'm saying there's so many. We make 800 films every year and there is a lot of cringe-worthy stuff there also. But somehow we love to celebrate the cringe-worthy stuff of television. And we totally wipe out 
the the impactful stuff yeah absolutely and i to the point about cringe and like the clips that circulate it's really funny to me because they are hilarious but i don't know why people laugh at them rather than with them because it's like how do you know that the writers were also not self aware like how do you know that they haven't done this on purpose as its own unique brand of humor like i don't know so like that no but i'm saying ki you know rohit sorry to cut you i agree with you i kind of disagree with you that you know something that's cringe worthy is cringe worthy some of my shows also maybe there some scenes could have been cringe worthy it's fine let's laugh something that's cringe worthy let's be cringed at it but i'm saying don't only pick up those things don't don't shine a spotlight only on that there is a lot of other stuff also happening yeah i i know what you mean um but i i think the question that uh, comes up over here is there's a lot of room for subversion and uh, changing the paradigm about how women can be through the protagonists of uh, serials but i want to talk about the vamps and the villains and the women who are cast as bad women so like i feel like over there there's much less room for interpretation in terms of uh, you know what behavior is considered to be bad um uh, the the vamp figures who are openly expressing desire and that's shown as a bad thing like that's been the trend for so long so is it a is it i guess time to uh, address that binary between like good women and bad women or even like rewrite the women who are cast in villainous roles you know what i mean yes i know what you mean what you mean and i think um like i have been uh, thinking about that since years and i think i've done something about them since years and like i'll give you an example which totally goes because it is so subtle and yet it is so in your face but people still miss it that i was so bothered about this that what the vamps were that kubul hai was the only show where the heroine wore jeans and the vamp wore shalwar kameez yeah and it was like so in your face but people still missed it <laughs> because see that's what i'm saying that's what i'm trying to say that's a personal battle we all fight that if you wear jeans people say are they you know this is really bad so i have been so aware of it and i have and there's so many women who have been who have been systematically attacking this like i did that in kubul i did that like when i was doing it pyar ko kya naam do so we made sure that the vamp was not negative you know she was living in with arnav singh raizada but she was not a bitch so then again the second issue handled that just because she was a short clothes wearing vamp she was not a bitch then to this friend of mine who was heading star plus uh, about 5 6 years ago her name is suzana so you know if you see the kind of influence she has had on the shows she has done like uh, there was this show called sathya which has been a topic of discussion mostly in the cringe zone yeah. <laughs> but if you you know if you talk to i've been privy to their meetings while i was waiting for my meeting and i've seen the elements that they have chosen and they have done like suzana was telling me that there was this mother in law who was very popular koki so they what they were trying to do is they were trying to create a woman who's very powerful because she's a mother in law and she has a strong voice and she is very reprimanding but she is not even yeah it's not a easy character and it's definitely not an easy yeah. character to popularize and i think see that is a huge win because you know because 
the women are there at the epicenter of that and all the stuff that you are saying is not that we are not aware of it we have aware of it since many years and i can take you back to many years of shows that these smaller elements have been addressed in many many different ways by women in control and in charge of that show in some way another thing that you will find in kubul hai is that yeah. the vamps are more religious and the heroine is not that much uh, you know she's not propagating religion that much it's not that we are saying religion is bad or anything but what we wanted to do is we wanted to break the perception that if you're religious you're good absolutely that's so interesting goal i totally missed out on the jeans versus uh, salwar kameez uh, uh, you know the choice to do that i have to say but i think <laughs> yeah. even, you know it's so interesting that even zoya's relationship with religion for in state like her catch line used to be that you know allah mia what's wrong with me and that is just reframing even like how you yeah. talk about god right like and how you look at god like even to call god a friend in a lot of contexts is, is not seen as an acceptable way of like um, yeah engaging with religion so there are so many little little things um in 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 the shows that you've created and and in different shows but i guess if we read between the lines and sometimes not even between the lines it's very overt you if you just look at it closely and critically then i think you do see yeah yeah and we have been doing that since years like if you see the the biggest takeaway from kubule was that you can be a modern woman and be very religious both can exist together which is a yeah. huge battle for indian women in every religion absolutely i i i totally agree with that i do have to come up with another argument that often comes up which i'm very interested to see how you've grappled with and how do you deal with that question right which is about indian television going on forever like indian tv dramas never end and particularly the point in time when zindagi z zindagi had become popular and i remember one of the biggest things that people would say is like you know the show's end and that's what we love about it that it has like a finite um you know it starts and begins in a particular time or whatever so this this critique about indian tv dramas never ending or the format of the show how do you sort of grapple with that do you see that as valid criticism also what is the logic of that i mean some of it is kind of self explanatory but would be curious to hear like or if you've also had to you know fight battles with that because i know with some of your shows for instance you've made them like seasonal like season 1 and then season 2 and then so how do you sort of deal with this issue of length see it is yeah that is that really bogs us down all of us sometimes that oh my god please end it but you know the interesting thing that i've seen about television is that people are not watching the show this is something i have learned because when i had come new i would like scream and cry and can i make a show just for 25 episodes can i just do it for 50 episodes of course the economics of it does not permit because once you make a show it's a long term commitment the money that has gone in the marketing and the money that you have invested by the time you break even it's already 4 5 months and so much money has gone then you want to sustain it the economics is not easy tv does not have a good economics that way but the other thing that kind of which i learned after a lot of cribbing and a lot of failure also this show that that you know people when they're watching tv they're not watching a tv show they are watching that character who they feel somewhere is a reflection on them which is just so amazing you know the popularity that is why the popularity like you know uh, of course i loved zindagi guzar hai myself and i've seen so many other you but see they don't i have not met anybody who still remembers them we all have watched it i mean what was her name uh, the one who was opposite for athan mahira but i've i've forgotten the name zindagi of the uh, i've forgotten the name of a character mahira khan's character right can quickly look it up see and you remember 
yeah but you remember zoya yeah see because it because the they those characters are in our living room every day yeah you spend a lot of time with them that is something i learned to respect over time no and you know they are not say like for instance uh, you know people say uh, there was a very very big hit show sathiya again huge huge so huge hit gopi bahu the one who watched her laptop it's a yeah. uh, it's very popular among meme makers so i'm saying that when you know uh, when that girl was being replaced after 4 years she was the face of the show and she was being replaced and uh, and, and you know they replaced her and the show just continued because you know, they're not watching that actor they were watching gopi bahu so they are in love with gopi bahu and they you know so they are they're not watching a show it's like you know uh, it's my best friend i want to meet her every day it's that personal and that is why it is so strong and so amazing and that is why it is a such an important tool to affect people and change their behaviors because they start feeling them that they are one of their extended family member they need to see them every day if you see a daily soap in 5 days nothing really moves you know probably the story movement is slow and screenplay mein things keep happening they come to meet that character every day i i think that that makes so much sense and I, like you said you know i think the need is also to reframe and understand what is the art of television and actually delve into the nuances of it a lot more like you say we do that for films so much but for tv you know you know it by the woman turning into a makki in sasural simarka or gopi bahu washing the laptop in you know saath nibhana saath riya yeah. because that stuff trends and then goes viral you know gul like how do you reflect on what good television is like this idea of what is good tv right like so even if we look at the us for instance in the late 90s and early 2000s you saw the rise of network shows like the sopranos mad men breaking bad um which supposedly heralded an age of prestige tv which was supposed to be better than uh, shows like bold and the beautiful or sitcoms um you know like even something like the bill cosby show which were never considered to be good television from like a critical perspective so i'm just wondering in the indian context mm-hmm. and in the context of indian mm-hmm. dramas how do you define and differentiate between good and bad tv <clears throat> i would really like to quote javed akhtar on that although he said that for his poetry book but i think it, it applies in tv it applies in film it applies in cinema everywhere that when you are putting forth a story or an emotion it should have both it should have the logic of the brain and the emotion of the heart and i feel that if you put that formula anywhere right that really i was so hit by that line when i read this book and i was like wow this is so simple and so straightforward and absolutely fits into every good content he had written it about his poetries but i think it fits into everything right something that has that that, that fits into the logic of the brain it's not some completely logical bizarre stuff happening and at the same time if it touches your heart there that's the good content platform doesn't matter absolutely i think that's a great way of putting it and and a great guideline for making content also for any anyone really and um finally gul how do you define the line between 
regressiveness and empowerment. And I know that it's not a binary because sometimes the same thing can be both. But also, have you ever personally found like a narrative of yours, like which you didn't realize that, oh my God, this might have been interpreted in a different way. And then you, like, how do you go through that process as a creator? Well, like you said, behind the scenes, a lot of the conversations are about how do we put our stories forward and how do we, you know, like the fact that Zoya is someone who wears jeans, you know, or the little, little things that you change in characters. Like, how do you define that line for yourself and have you ever had like conversations with friends um, or even like introspection as a creator or something that someone might have said which created more clear-cut sort of thinking around this for you given the kind of impact and reach that your work has yeah you've spoken a lot about um, you know the kind of reach that uh, television has and the the way that people view like they stay with the show forever for the character because that's like their best friend so given how influential it is, this question of regressiveness versus empowerment, do you feel like there's a greater, like almost moral imperative for uh, TV, like the show, showmakers and television to think about that binary or that distinction, even more given how much impact it has on uh, shaping audience views and um perspectives about gender and many many other things like is that is there a greater burden essentially to think about this yes absolutely i i definitely feel the burden very heavily because i always struggle with it and and i have literally struggled not just in my mind i've struggled physically with shows and with money like for instance i'll give you an example nobody knows uh, much about this that when we were making is since that show is very popular, I'll give that example. You know, Shishi, since you've seen that show, that show was based in office first. And there was an office set where Arna Singh Rajadha was there and uh, Kushi Kumari Gupta was supposed to get a job there. It was not supposed to be at home. I mean, that was one of the first shows when I had come back to India I, was, I wanted to make. And then when we made it and then we launched it, and at that time, the TV ratings were nine. Satya was doing nine. And, you know, Balika Badu was doing six. And Iswaz Bhaganandu opened it 1.6. And it was like, oh my God, what did we, like, you know, I was so heartbroken. I was like, I love this show. I love Kushi. I love Arna. What is happening? They're going to shut the show. And then when we did the research and everything, they didn't want to see Office. And then the Office set was brought down and the story was rewritten and we shifted to the house. And it was a, it's not just the battle Rohita did not remain in my head. I lost money on it because that set had to go and then those written scripts had to be uh, discarded and rewritten while I'm on air. So, you know, it cost me so much to thinking that so abruptly I can change it. So it was such a, a harsh lesson that, no, okay, no, you have to go slow. Let's start slow. They did not want to see a girl going to office that much. So, yeah, so the battle exists in the mind, in physically, on set, it, it exists everywhere. But we are constantly fighting that battle. And I have, but I have still, the good thing is, I mean, something that I'm happy about that I have not given up. And I did not, and I, I stuck to the kind of men and women and the love stories that we would want to see and uh, want to make. And, and the good thing is that over time, people started accepting it. And I think over time, I also found my balance that, okay, fine, let's not make them CEOs, hold your horses, <laughs> to take them home, make them Zoya, make them Andika, let them talk stuff at home. We will slowly reach there. 
and uh, one more thing uh, like you know like you said if there's a battle inside myself we all are i mean i'm talking about myself we all are brought up in a certain regressive ways and it is a battle to unlearn that and sometimes you feel you have unlearned it but the biases are so deep rooted like i remember i was fighting with this guy on instagram because he some you know something he said triggered me and i was like your mother and your sister and my husband was like wow look at you so sexist you are also like straight going to his mother and sister and i'm like oh my god like yeah wow oh my god i'm so sexist <laughs> so you know you don't realize that the unlearning process is still not complete and there's so much of un- of hidden regressiveness in us which we have to be aware and i mean you know, keep fighting it every day yeah so i mean to be honest we all have those regressive elements in our heart and it is our utmost duty desire and duty to fight them out Absolutely I think that's so well put that it is our desire and our duty to fight them out and maybe it's time uh. to reframe how we talk about television and to actually give it the attention that it deserves in terms of critique and uh, unpacking and here's hoping this is a start and thank you so much I think this has been a really enlightening episode of respectfully disagree where there's been a lot of disagreement and hopefully for all of our listeners there's been a lot of uh, revelations as well It was wonderful talking to both of you. I was so excited and so emotional about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. This podcast is brought to you by TS Studios, the production company that brings the Swaddle's creative point of view to original podcasts and films. 